Ho, yeah, it all came to pass. Bitcoin at sub 18,000. What did it go down to? 17,300? LA Echo here. Trade talk from a hedge fund insider. This is my victory lap, especially for those who thought I was absolutely crazy because I set that short position, did that episode back in February of 2021. I recall people saying, you are insane. You are going to get obliterated, especially as prices went to 35000 And I will admit, I was wrong at, uh, I, I was early. I wasn't wrong. I was early only to add into my position, I think somewhere around like 56000 And for Bitcoin to fall all the way past my strike. Um, for those who don't recall, this was done with swaps. Uh, those swaps were um, structured in such a way where there was no exp uh, expiration time, but there was a strike that I was looking for, a uh, strike that was agreed upon, and I had to exchange cash flows for time, meaning I paid an interest payment on a monthly basis to get time until my trade worked out. Luckily, it only took a little over a year for it to work out. And all of those who thought I was insane can eat crow. <laughs> but let's get to the point of this real episode here. Uh, the real point of the episode. Excuse me for mismatching my words there. Uh, this is a Bitcoin episode, but it's not an episode about Bitcoin, about where the price is going or where to buy low and sell high or where's the floor or where's the next cycle. I'm not a crypto bull. Uh, what I am more so is a person who has been in the business long enough to understand derivative products. I've been around, I, I can't say I've been around like, you know, with this super tenure, I'm 38 years old. I've been around long enough, been in the business since I was 23 years old. And I know a lot about products and not only a lot about products, I know a lot about the psychology of when, um, when retail and institution moves away and moves on from products. One of the main ways I was even able to figure out the pri the last cycle of uh, Bitcoin shorting was because the CME and the CBOE created a market in it. So if we are looking at uh, this particular situation with Bitcoin and where it's going forward, it is to my opinion, this episode is to say this is my opinion that Bitcoin is on its final legs around the sun, meaning like it's revolutions around or it's cycles around of having its popularity and market depth. It's on its last legs. And there's a very specific reason. And I know people will laugh and be like, you're crazy. And hey, perhaps, right? We lay down our bets and we wait for them to play out. Perhaps it can be a cocky assumption because of being right on the 100 million Bitcoin short. But let me walk you down the reason as to why. See, there's there's going to be a continued drastic and aggressive approach to Bitcoin regulation. And what will even exacerbate the fact that the regulators will get their way is the leverage. If you recall 2008, most people don't, they're pretty young, um, what exacerbated the, the, the Dodd-Frank Act and changing of these things was that the leverage was so unchecked. There were some people who were over 50 times leveraged. 
And if you know anything about crypto and DeFi, you can be 50 times leveraged. There are places where you can, you can get a 70, 80, 90, 100% interest rate if you stake your crypto and they will give you 100% <laughs> return on your crypto assets. It's crazy. You just know things are too levered in order to do that. I won't even take it as it's too good to be true. It's that it, there is an, a massive amount of leverage somewhere in order to fulfill that. So you're giving, not you per se, excuse me, but speaking figuratively, that market is giving regulators all the ammo to regulate it. Then the next part is that you have, you'll have like state attorney generals having access to um, file these complaints because people within their states are losing money. Uh, that happens. Um, I mean, it's been happening. And then you have uh, the SEC being more aggressive. You would see in the Eastern District of New York where they become more aggressive with how they manage, um, you know, prosecution of, uh, well, not even handling necessary prosecution, how they're taking in the complaints of um, crypto investors and where the asset didn't perform as what they thought. Now, whether, you know, it was rightfully a loss or whether it was something else is completely different. It's just the fact that um, it is open to any sort of interpretation or the fact that the person who was participating in whether it was a DeFi coin or a um, an NFT or, or, or just Bitcoin in itself is making a complaint that, hey, you know, this market or this product, sorry, not this market, but this product didn't perform as uh, it was interpreted to me or even, even as I interpreted or I felt there was a um, a dislocation in the market that wasn't to a fair playing field. You know, there's just, there's just an avenue there to have that discussion and to press the flesh to make changes. The other part about that I see with Bitcoin, because, you know, I've talked about the regulation at length from the um, last episode on Bitcoin, is that you're looking at a particular situation where there is the bifurcation um, of derivatives. Like the market will always get bifurcated because it's capitalism. And the last go round when we were in financial crises uh, and even coming out of those financial crises, people were looking at particular products. Back in 08, when I was trading and first got into the business, what we would often trade were ETFs. Then when they started making two times levered ETFs, three times levered ETFs, we got into those products. And the uh, one time levered ETF or the you know non-leveraged ETF now was no longer a product that was as viable. Like the spreads would be wider, it wouldn't be as liquid, it wouldn't move as much. Um, if people can remember, there were two financial products that were levered, it was FAS, F-A-Z, and FAS, F-A-S, which were uh, the long and the short uh, levered ETFs for bank stocks back in those days. I don't even think they even trade anymore. I can't remember, but obviously they're out of favor. And I think it's that product as well as ETFs just not performing when they stop performing as to what the prospectus says or what clients 
expect the ETF stops trading. You have another example of a product that fell out of favor with the credit default obligation, popular in 08 and pre-08, very popular, traded a lot OTC, over-the-counter that is, and that no longer is as popular. They still trade, but harder to get, and you're usually trading with a private equity counterpart, whereas before you would be trade, you could be trading with uh, someone who's just an institution that is not some huge private equity. It could just be someone who is sitting on some bonds and they need to get rid of them, or they're looking for a place to house them, or they can find a high net worth person to give them to. I know the average person would say, well, what's that got to do with retail? It doesn't have, it's not about it having to do with retail. It has to do with how products are circulating and who's participating in those markets. There was a time where it was not only simply just a huge institution participating. Sometimes it would be a hedge fund or a hedge fund that received money from a fund of funds, which fund of funds are like people's money that is at some firm who the firm allocates a certain amount of money, like say 10% out of a pot or 20% out of a pot and gives it to a fund of funds. That fund of funds distributes it to a hedge fund. So really it still affects like everyday people. It's just that it's not everyday people by entity. It's everyday people by way of um, uh, pass through. So nonetheless, people were participating in credit default obligations just far less at this very juncture. Uh, Product fell out of favor. A great example as it pertains to even Bitcoin is uh, binary options. And binary options as it pertain to Forex, if you can recall before Forex now started becoming more of a social mainstay, uh, especially on um, social media platforms, uh, people were trying to do and sell binary options, which were highly levered derivative contracts for um, Forex. Fell out of favor when uh, there was a lot of losses and uh, there was was, uh, regulation by the SEC to the point where you cannot trade those products here. Heck, you can even see how some of these products, when people are trading them, whether it be Bitcoin, certain Forex, it can, most people are doing it through opening brokerage accounts that are offshore. Uh, they have to because those products have fallen out of favor here. Whether the product works for the person, doesn't work for the person, there was, there was enough complaints from a regulatory aspect, state plus federal, that uh, it made more sense for regulators to feel they're protecting um, investors, U.S.-based investors, from that exposure. And lastly, you have a situation with SPACs. I mean, this is something that is obviously all domestic. Some have performed, a, vat, a nice amount of them have underperformed uh, from Rivian to uh, uh, what, Nikola. These were things that obviously performed extremely well in 2020 into 2021. Uh, the product has now fallen very flat, uh, caused a lot of uh, changes in regulation you even have a situation where one of the most recent um, SPACs, just, you just have to Google it, like SPAC goes bankrupt. Um, I can't remember the company's name at this very moment, but they're, they went SPAC in like 21, late 20 or early 21, and they're already bankrupt. They're, they've already filed bankruptcy protection. So again, that's another thing that it actually has a watchful eye from the SEC and the product is falling out of favor from a retail standpoint, uh, and you're seeing those markets dry up as well as you're not even seeing them offered as much. As much uh, Chamat, 
sorry, unless you would have a name that has a lot of cachet, like uh, this OnlyFans, uh, OnlyFans uh, SPAC that might be coming through uh, by way of Chamat. Um, I can't I can't pronounce his last name, but those who do know Chamat and knows uh, SPACs, obviously you're you're well aware of how many SPACs he's brought to market, and you're also aware of how many have now underperformed and are pretty much flat if they if you can even get out from under them. So again, this isn't about like oh you lost this person won. It's more about just the where I would say where the product is going forward and how I view it. Uh, you know, a pushback that a lot of people would say is just like, you know, I don't know crypto, you know, there's cycles um, within uh, DeFi and crypto, and there's still some cycles left after a two year halving, uh, you can catch another bull market. After a halving or two years, you get catch another bull market. Sorry if I, you know, said that slightly off. Those who are in crypto, I know you're well aware of halving. Yeah, but look at what you need in order to get any... Um, any fire into into crypto. Either you need inflation from uh, central banks or you need someone like Elon Musk to say some BS like, oh, I'm going to continue to buy Dogecoin. The central bank has far more influence than Elon. And the central bank has every means and every want to delever assets. And it all goes as a whole. This goes back to the psychology of you know, in our other episodes, we were talking about soft commodities and these things. If you have a situation where people are finding it harder to live life with non-discretionary items from food to gas to all these things, they're like they're less likely not not even to say less likely to invest their money. They're less likely to invest in volatility and even worse when that volatility is swinging very aggressively down. You are now hoping that. If you were to buy for it to swing up, you're hoping that it is done in a very timely fashion. But you have all of these oppositions working against you, not only domestically, but internationally with other sovereign nations. And then on top of that, you have competition from the U.S. saying, you know what, we will start our own digital payment system. Some people I've heard were saying that, you know, it's like a new world order and they're trying to like, smoke us out and change these things. That's not the case, in, to my opinion. But again, I'm a very objective, capitalistic person. It's a particular situation of competition and beating competition to it. Just like you want to beat other sovereign nations to the control of lending and benchmarking of who global reserve currency is. You know, this is a battle that's often fought between Russia, China, U.S., you are not just going to sit by and say, oh, you know what? It's just digital payments or, yeah, it's DeFi. Like, you're not. You can see how much volume it does. You can see that you should have a competitive uh, challenge to it. Now, to be on the side of those who are crypto bulls, I get it. It's, it's, uh, it's underhanded and it knocks, it just kind of knocks the wind out of what you've been working on. But it's capitalism, and that was going to happen. Whether it happens here or it happens in another country, it's going to happen. It's better that you get a fighting chance as opposed to uh, they just, you know, put the kibosh on everything that you're doing and just say you can't do anything. It's all illegal. So yeah, I know that's not the best way to look at it. And again, some wouldn't even 
agree, but that's kind of the only avenue, to my opinion, that is left there. You know what I mean? Um, another aspect of this whole thing is that, you know, most people were saying that Bitcoin would found its support uh, from many people that I spoke, I spoke to. It was very interesting to see that they weren't averaging down. Um, they waited until it got into 17. Um, then, you know, you started seeing a buys and it popped back up into 20. Uh, which I don't think will matter because if we get another high CPI print, again, going back to how people um, have to be in, in, a, in a situation to afford to put money into volatile assets, if we get a high CPI print, uh, you could probably see a 1% basis rate hike. And if you get a 1% basis, basis rate hike, you though some people see all oh, it bounced that day, you know, like the Fed is is on our side. Markets just continue to fall in a uh, in a downward trend. Whether they trade sideways, slowly going down, or the next few sessions they go down, or for the next thirty days they're just straight down, not parabolically but incrementally. And incrementally is always the one that I talk about in. Um, in my podcast, because that's the one that rocks you to sleep and you wake up and you're like, yo, how did I get here? I can assure you there's many a crypto person that is like, yo, I was at 60,000. How did I get here? I have friends who we speak investments all the time. They're pretty much shocked at how they were a millionaire and they've got less than 200,000 now. Crazy. But it's there. Those are the things that rock you to sleep. You cannot see the nuances of a market slightly changing. Again, hence why I've been able to do this is not just guessing. It's understanding products and what products they're choosing to use, then understanding regulatory. Understanding those two aspects of this thing puts you in a very unique situation where you can interpret maybe what is to come next. I'm not saying you're always going to know, but maybe what's to come next. And when we speak about what's to come next, someone would say, well, if you're saying the bifurcating of the derivatives products, well, what's going to be the next product? I have no idea. I don't know. I didn't even know there was back in 08, 09. I didn't even think there would be something as a two times, three times levered ETF on financials, you know, on banks, excuse me, not financials. I was like, what? I wouldn't know. But nonetheless, here we are, Right. There will be something. I didn't know what an ETF was. And all of a sudden, that became the new product as Bitcoin became higher. And people were buying million-dollar board ape products or ET- NFTs. I said ETFs, NFTs, excuse me. And those are, whether they were sold at Christie's auction house, whether they were sold through wherever, greater fool theory. You definitely ate that and you'll eat it even, even worse because Bitcoin will continue to slide. What you can only hope is that it will continue to have its market participants for volume to pop up to the long side to, you know, continue to trade it. But if not, and this, you know, these hard regulations really come from state SEC, which they're coming regardless, the sovereign nations are definitely coming. You're going to see that bifurcation and derivatives where some other product is going to have to be created and you're going to lose a lot of market participants in the product. I would love for someone to 
not even just say challenge me in terms of telling me something different. I'd love for someone to show me how it maintains itself without, with, with how it maintains itself when people choose it is no longer their trading vehicle of choice or it's no longer their product of choice. I would love for someone to explain that to me. You also have another thing that exasperates the whole situation from the retail trader aspect and even some institutions is that uh, with all that intrinsic value that a lot of the uh, Bitcoin positions had, um, over leverage has threatened to liquidate, if it hasn't already liquidated, some of, the, uh, some of those funds. MicroStrategies was uh, at threat, even though if they, even if they're still around right now, which you will not know unless they have to publish it or on their next publishing date uh, of Edgar filing, you won't know how close they were to a liquidation. You wouldn't know that they raised some money, right? Michael Saylor could raise some money. Uh, Voyager Digital, 3AC, it's harder for them. Thankfully, they have um, the saving grace of Samuel uh, Bank Friedman, or sorry, not Friedman, Bankman Freed of Alameda, but that levers him. So you would hope that crypto catches that rebound from this quote unquote crypto winter, because if it doesn't, he's leveraged is what he has loaned out. And as Melvin Capital has shown you with Stevie Cohen and Ken Griffin, they lent Gabe money and Gabe was unable to perform coming into the beginning of, no, sorry, not coming into, but in the beginning of 2022 to the point where that money was lost and they had to unwind the fund. It does happen. People do lose. You do run into these situations where it becomes more complex with the product ever so changing. And I believe that, you know, that, that is my opinion on the outlook of uh, Bitcoin moving forward. Um, I know most won't agree, but they didn't agree with $100 million short either. And it's not to stand on and pound on my chest like I'm right and I'm going to be right again. None of this has to do with ego, more so has to do with just experience, losing on my end and winning on my end. And my experiences have taught me that this is a real thing. It happens. Products become less desirable. There was even a time where in the bond space, you would, um, you would buy bonds that were insured and then you would buy a dividend generating um, bond stock called um, AMBAC. It would pay you a dividend, great dividend at that. It no longer exists. You get a, like, actually, it was a monthly dividend paying stock and it no longer exists. It, it happens. Products become out of favor. So I look forward to seeing what's going to be going on in the future. Um, I think it plays out this exact way. Uh, I thank everyone for tuning in. There's another episode coming up because they have now also introduced um, a CME and a CBOE market for mortgage-backed securities. And this is huge for the long bond. I, sp I spoke about the long bond in the uh, two, in the 20-year and the 30-year uh, maturity bond inversion. And that's going to be a great episode. So I hope you guys tune into that. It's harder to understand, but it just shows you again about markets and creating products. And when products fall out of favor and now become a new product is made to come into favor. Listen back to this one because I know it's long, but totally worth it. 
Trade Talk from a Hedge Fund Insider. LA ACO out.